Welcome to Selma. Welcome. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you, uh, hey. Kate Phillips, co-host of Cellmates Podcast. Uh, uh, thanks, Dick Ward, for opening our show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you are also the co-host of Cellmates Podcast. That's true. And may I say that this is a show uh, where we compare, contrast, and generally Venn diagram two animated features uh, that are usually Disney. But not always. Usually musicals. Not always. Usually good. Not always. Today's a, a today's great. It, I think so. I like generally we great ca- today. So this theme we started as kind of a joke. Um, yes. Uh, a much lot of like, times, much like our last two episodes of Mouse Month. Well, but like that's related, right? Like, okay, these mice movies all made in the eighties. There's like a mm-hmm. bunch of different things that make them. Yeah. This one is like, uh, wouldn't it be funny to call the episode this? And we were both on board. Well, uh, let's let's yeah. let's not be cryptic. Let's start. Let's let's. What do you? We start the show the way we always do. Kate, what are you drinking? Dick, I I don't know what I'm drinking. Well, what is it? What do you? I've think? got some things in it. Mm-hmm. There's some lemon, uh, something in it. Yeah. There's some like whiskey bourbon something in mm-hmm. it, and there's something like sweet, mm-hmm. almost uh, like sugar, but yeah. not. All right. And it's like maybe. I could like swim in a vat of it and sing a song if I were Winnie the Pooh. Oh, you're talking the, about a different thing than I thought you were. The honey could sing honey, at me. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. Cool. So what you're drinking is a concoction that I've made. Um, the honey that you alluded to is uh, a German uh, honey bourbon called Badenjäger, uh, which means bear hunter. Sure does. Uh, it is not related to Jägermeister, uh, which is... Mr. Hunter. Sure isn't. In German. Um, and it's got a picture of a bear on it. It does. And bears love honey. So this all yeah. works together. But specifically this drink, mm-hmm. uh, I did add some lemon juice just to cut it, um, but also some uh, ginger. And this is a ginger bear. Oh, a ginger bear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like... Uh, just like uh, at least one of our movies is very ginger focused. It's ginger focused, but the bear is not the ginger. She's the only non-ginger of her family. It's hard to make a drink called the bear is not a ginger, but there's another <laughs> ginger. So this is called a ginger bear. Welcome to Brother Bear, Mother Bear. Brother Bear, Mother Bear. Episode of podcast. Yeah. Uh, episode of the podcast. So this was one that we talked about early on jokingly. Because I was like, oh, we got to do Brother Bear. And you're like, Brother Bear, Mother Bear. Brother and I'm Bear, like, Mother Bear. what? What's Mother Bear? <laughs> because uh, I had not seen Brave. So, well, I was just going to say, spoiler I, alert. Spoiler alert. If you don't want to know. Uh, well, it happens like halfway through the movie. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, you'll find out very Spoiler quickly. alert for the movie Brave. <laughs> Turn it off now if you don't want to know. Turn it off one minute ago if you don't want to know. But there's a mother bear in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and, a there's mother, a mother, and there's a mother bear and brother bear. Uh, yes, that's true. That is true. She's dead for most of the movie. Spoiler alert, retroactively. Oh, uh, also, uh, he was dead the whole time. Spoiler, spoiler alert for The Sixth Sense. Haley Joel Osment? Yes. Uh, Haley Osmond. Joel Osment has been dead 
uh, yeah. For a thousand so, years. Brother Bear, Mother Bear. One, the title's fun to say. Yeah. Two, it say, is... Wait, I challenge the audience yeah. to say it right now and not have fun. Go. Yeah, that's Good what job. I thought. Brother Bear, Mother Bear. Uh, it has human characters magically turning into bears. For reasons. For reasons. And then, uh, how, like... Working toward getting turned back into humans. Taking a uh, literal and figurative journey. Uh, through the woods? Yeah, through the woods. But, like, I mean, they're taking, like, an emotional journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both characters... The idea is that both characters are uh, changing in some way. Yes. Um, uh, they are very much the beast... Uh, they have to be n- nice to Belle so that she will kiss him and then they will transform back into a gross prince with no beard. But no romantic relation. I switched the vowels. No romantic relationships in these That's movies. Actually Not at true. the se- There are strong relationships, familial, and there you might are, even say. There are attempted romantic relationships in Brave. Yes, that is true. But there are no, like romance is not the focus of either of these yes. movies. These are all like you said, familial relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So let's. Do, do you want to pick one to start with? What do you want to start yeah, with? Yeah. Um, let's start with Brother Bear. Okay. We oh, we usually talk about who's going to summarize which one. Yeah, we didn't do that. We didn't do that. We have so for the audience, we have one hour and thirty nine minutes until All Out, the uh, premiere uh, show of uh, All Elite Wrestling, uh, which I am very excited about. Mm-hmm. So this episode will be no longer than uh, whatever time. This episode will be all about cutting corners. This is going to be done at 7. You're welcome. Yup. Uh, all right. Dick, I've seen both these movies two times, and you only seen each once. Would you like to do Brother Bear or Brave? I would, I would like to do Brother Bear. All right. So I'm going to put two minutes on the cookie timer clock. First, Kate, let me ask you this. Where? What was your first experience? I'm trying with to cut Brother corners Bear? here. I'm working as fast what as I can. What was your first experience with Brother Bear? We saw this one in theaters, surprisingly, because it wasn't an era where we were going to see like where? dinosaur cut it off for us. Okay, we went so to see I was, dinosaur. I was just about to ask that. Is we where? thought this is pretty bad. Yeah, and so we just didn't go for a while. So we've got like, is it Tarzan dinosaur Brother Bear? Tarzan. Di- so the movies in between dinosaur and Brother Bear are like your. Uh, Atlantis, mm. uh, ch- uh, Home on the Range, mm. Chicken Little might be after this. Uh. Yeah, this was like, this was the last 2D animation, this is the last movie they made mostly at the Orlando Animation Center before they oh. just shut it down. Interesting, I did so not know that. So this was like one of their last 2Ds. Oh. Um, yeah, we saw this in the theater. It was fine. I think mostly we came out of it being like, well, this was kind of Lion, not Lion King. Is like this was kind of Beauty and the Beast, but yeah. not as good. And like Beauty and the Lion Beast. Like I kind of just want to watch Pocahontas again mm. if it's just going to be in these like North American forests. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but rewatch was was different. Yeah. I'm seeing more more care was put into this movie than I had originally yeah. thought. What about you, Dick? Uh, my first time seeing it was two nights ago, three nights ago. Uh-huh. Um, I had, I, I knew the song, 
I knew one of the Phil Collins songs from this. Mm. Um, probably just from seeing previews for Brother Bear a mm-hmm. lot. Uh, but maybe it was on the radio. I don't know. I, I got I got some news for Ooh. you. Uh, the song you're probably thinking of, is it like the Welcome to the Family one? Uh, probably, yeah. Uh, it started a Disney parade or light show at some point, like a parks. Okay, It so was like that, the theme of something in the parks for a do, while. We do watch too many Disney parades yeah. for our own good, <laughs> so that could also be. So you else. might know it from that. Probably not, but it could be. Anyway. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I, this movie had highs and lows for me. It was a roller coaster between hate and love. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was not really a point in the movie where I'm like, oh, this is fine. Each scene was like, I feel like each scene was kind of Mm. a dramatic shift where I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. What? Wait, what's going on here? (laughs) Yeah, I, I feel like it's. It's almost really competently put together, but they, <laughs> but like, uh, I, I mean, I'm going to talk about that, of course, but I will say that like, I walk away from this with like three or four characters that I legitimately like. The characters in this movie are strong. Yeah. All right. You ready for the cookie timer now? <sighs> All right. Two minutes. Wait, wait, wait. Can you, can, oh, if you want to jump in. As I'm talking and uh-huh. just say character names. Sure. If you remember them, because I don't remember I know any of them. One. Is it Good luck, everyone. Okay, here we go. Go. Okay, so um we open with our hero who is like Inuit, but it's like two thousand years ago mm-hmm. or something. They're riding mammoths, so it's it's forever ago. And he's getting his uh, totem, because that's a rite of passage. You know, you, you get you get your animal totem, you uh, follow that on a journey, and you become a man. He gets a bear, and it's the bear of love, and he's like, "Ma, that's stupid." Uh, his brother, uh, uh, our main character, is uh, like heading out into the woods. His brother like gets killed by a bear, and he goes to avenge it, and then he. Like, almost gets killed by the bear, and then he gets turned into a bear. And that's where the story really begins. Sorry for wasting 45 seconds on that intro and five seconds on this apology. So, uh, our hero bear meets some mooses, who are great, and meets a little bear named named Coda. uh, And they go on a journey to the Salmon Run, because the Salmon Run is where Coda wants to go. But it's also near a mountain where where the northern lights meet the mountain which is where uh kenai Kenai, Mm -hmm. which is where kenai uh our hero uh needs to go in order to become human again human again um they get to the salmon run and he's like oh i'm gonna be human again and he's like kind of not really and then some hunters uh no one hunter in particular who's kenai's other brother Mm -hmm. uh who's trying to kill the bear that killed his that killed Kenai. So many. A lot of bear revenge. Uh, that brother tries to kill Coda or something, and then Kenai stops him, and then he becomes human again. And then he's like, you know what? Uh, Coda's not got a mom because I killed Coda's mom. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be a bear now. The end. Bearing the lead. <laughs> I forgot about it. I honestly forgot. Cookies are done. Cookies are done. <laughs> Coda doesn't have a mom. Because I killed her. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. our yeah. hero, the bear that he kills at the beginning to get revenge on his yeah. uh, for his brother um, is, is, 
is a mother bear. Is the mom that Coda is looking for. Yeah. And he doesn't, we don't put that together like in the movie until like they get to the salmon run, mm-hmm. like eh, like an hour ish in. Yeah. So it's like, it's a big reveal. And you don't it's get a big to know that unless you, ki- you kind of remember seeing the movie uh, 15 years ago. Right. And, and when then he then says you know. his mother isn't there, you think to yourself, oh, yeah, is that? Yeah. And then and you I, forget about it because it's I'll, just engaging. I, and I'll be honest, I kind of like halfway through, I'm kind of like, Oh, maybe his mother was that other bear. Mm-hmm. But then the reveal was still effective. And, still, and like yeah. you said, I forgot. Like yeah. I thought of it and then I forgot and then it happened. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, he's turned into a bear because he doesn't have respect for the nature. Like he's yeah. turned into a bear because he kills a bear and he doesn't have to. Yeah. Is the, is the deal. Yeah. Um, and his, his older <clears throat> brother... Uh, has an animal totem that's like an eagle, eagle. and he's um, his uh, like they they both they have like an animal and they have like a thing that's supposed to guide them. Yeah. So for the it's older kind of brother, like a mix of Captain Planet and the Power Rangers, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so the older brothers is guidance. Yes. And the younger brothers is wisdom. Uh-huh. So the older brother, um, like he kind of guides the younger brother in like eagle form to like. He kind of guides them to their destiny. It's yeah. I think that works more than wisdom and love, but well, wisdom and love they just throw out the window. Yeah, yeah. Like you're not quite sure why. Like it's I with it's, the beast, it's really clear why he gets transformed back into a human. It's like Belle said, "I love you." Yeah. You you got this mutual love going. Like boom, boom. You're we human. got it. And and Beauty and the Beast also. There's a moment where we're like, oh, he's not turning human. Mm-hmm. That sucks. But he did the thing. Yeah. And then we see him turn human. Brother right. Bear comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Brother Bear, I, I think what they want you to believe is that like him sacrificing himself for Coda is like, oh, you have demonstrated the bear quality of love. But he doesn't. But like, he doesn't ever sacrifice himself. He well, just, he kind of like. He kind of like helps defend Coda. He's like running away from his hunter brother. Yeah. Until Coda like slips. I don't know. This is like. I think I fell asleep for like seven seconds and I missed a little bit. I don't think you did. I, That's the <laughs> thing. I think like Coda ends up in like real danger because of something the hunter brother did. Yeah. And then like. Kenai goes on the attack at that point mm-hmm. instead of just running. So I guess it's like being able to fight for love. Yeah. Anyway, he gets like pinned and but then all of a sudden like the Aurora. But isn't that what he was doing the at Northern the beginning Lights. when he killed the mother bear? He was like fighting for love. Right? So it's like. I, it's really. The ending but of this he didn't movie need does to, not He didn't need work. to kill the bear. The bear ran like. The bear and the older brother both fall off that iceberg cliff. Oh, yeah. He didn't the brother kill, dies yeah. immediately. The bear swims to safety. Yeah. The bear's no longer attacking them. He goes extra. So is this like stand your ground laws are okay? Is that the meta? No, I think it's the, the opposite, right? It's the... No, like if if the bear's attacking you, you can kill it. But if it's not attacking you, you can't. But if you you're can. hunting it. So Kenai is the George Zimmerman. But you can hunt it, but you can't hunt it out of rage. You yeah. can't be angry at the bear while you're hunting. It has it. to be an immediate. This gets real tricky real weird, fast because, like, legitimately, these characters are wearing fur. Yes, that they must have gotten from somewhere. Yeah, bears have a lot of fur. 
And like hunters are a known entity in this world. Like yeah. the moose are like bears. Scared bears of hunters have skin. And, they have like yeah. I assume you use bear hide for like something mm-hmm. or bear meat. Like it's just yeah. it's yeah. weird. Like he kills this bear and it's like ah this is terrible. And it's like yeah, there's but not like, a purpose to it. I guess yeah. It's it's a very um it's a very convoluted. It's a very confused message. Yeah. The, the movie, I think, is trying to say several things. Yeah. And it doesn't really nail any of them. No. But that coat of bear is super cute. Oh, absolutely. There are some great characters. There are. Um, but Kate... Before we get into those characters... Before we get into those characters... Let's go to another set of characters. What? Over in Scotland. Are you kidding me? Not kidding. We're going to Shrek again? We're, oh, my gosh. No. I, uh, I do want to say, though, um, Brave took me, like five minutes to stop seeing Shrek because they oh, cause of the they're talking with the accents and they're wearing like kind of villager clothes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, it's villagers in Shrek, but like animated. Well, uh-huh. uh, it was, it, it took a little bit for me to get over that. It really did. Sorry. Do uh, go on. Dick, what's your experience with the movie brave? I saw it once on a plane. All right. Uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. International uh, travel is great for seeing movies. Oh my god, you yeah. Didn't you like keep forgetting you need to see. Yeah. Uh it's I mean wonderful. the reason we're doing this episode now is cuz we were sitting we were, together. Uh, we were sitting together on a flight and we were like, "Oh, should we could we like watch a could we watch a Something movie for the podcast?" For the podcast? Like, yeah. And Brave was on there. I was like, "Cool, I haven't seen that. Let's let's go." Yeah. Um and we're like, "Oh, I guess we'll do Brave next." And very happy about that decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I will at some point rewatch it on the big screen because I am confident that I missed some dialogue, that I missed some elements because it's like a tiny crappy screen. Uh, I'm here to tell you, Dick, that you can still get a lot out of the movie on a tiny screen because I have seen Brave twice, <laughs> both on a plane. I've exclusively <laughs> seen Brave on an airplane. And I've loved it both times, so I'm going to so challenge that. I'm maybe, sure it would be great on a big I screen. Maybe I shouldn't watch it on a big <laughs> screen. Maybe that would ruin it. I feel uh, like I like some of the best movies I've seen are on airplanes, and maybe it's a Stockholm syndrome situation where like I could be doing this or like like tweaking my neck, falling asleep. Yeah. Like I mean, I'm also always like too tired and overly emotional on a plane. Oh yeah. So. Maybe that helps. No, like a Lego movie I saw on a plane. I laughed out loud. I cried. Yeah. Uh, Shazam I saw on the other way back from Mm. our on these the set of flights. I laughed. I cried. I I saw Black Panther. Yeah. Same. Same. That was awesome. I laughed. I cried. Yeah. So just plain. I mean, so what that tells me is every movie you can see on a plane is great. The end. <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to challenge we'll leave you. leave out Zoolander 2. <laughs> on our next flight, I'm going to make you, I'm going to pick your movie and we'll see. Zoolander we'll 2 was actually theory. a good plane movie because you don't really need to pay attention. That's a perfect plane movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, get like a couple of those mini whiskeys and you're good to go. Yeah. So Kate, uh, All right. why don't you set yourself a cookie timer? I'm going to set myself a cookie Tell timer. Tell us a little bit about this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to hear you talk about Brave. That's a cute, that's a cute Borellis reference. Thank you. Kind of. All right. Thank you. Here I go. Thank you. 
We're in Scotland. Uh, a long time ago, uh, there's this clan of mostly gingers, uh, including Merida, the daughter. She's really good at archery. She loves being outside. But that's not what princesses do. She's the she's got to like marry someone from a different clan so that their clan can continue being. So her mom is trying to like train her in all sorts of traditional princessy things, embroidery and things like that. But Merida's like nah. So it comes time and but like mom gets like real pissed like be, especially when it comes time to like choosing a suitor and all these clans come and she's like uh no I'm actually going to join this uh, Olympic style competition for my hand and if I win I don't have to marry any of you and her mom is Boom. not pleased about that they have a big fight and then Merida goes off into the woods and she's like I just I need my mom to understand she finds a witch the witch bakes her uh, a scone kind of like yeah. a pie and she's like great feed this to your mother she'll she'll understand she feeds it to her mother oops her mother turns she'll into change. a bear she will change. change well right uh, her mother turns into a bear whoops that was not the intent but here we are so then uh, and her dad like his big thing in life is that a bear ate his leg so he like when he sees that bear again he's gonna kill it anyway so Merida and her bear mom go out into the woods uh, to try to find the witch again to reverse the curse they wish to have the curse reversed and um they like get to know each other better as mother and daughter which is kind of weird because the mom is just a bear and she can't use words like humans um but they both learn to like listen to each other more and let each person be who they are. They find the bear from like a hundred thousand years ago. I don't know who like got angry and turned into a bear. They kill that bear and then they really love each other. So they they repair it. They mend the tear. Mm. She gets into a queen and then the princess gets to do whatever she wants. She doesn't have to marry a person. There's a lot of plot in that movie. Yeah. I feel like I did a good job. You got it, but... But I also left things out. Barely. Oh. Mm. Uh, also, you, you could have said repair the bear tear. Repair the bear tear. <laughs> which would have been more fun. Um, yeah, like there's a there's a lot of plot in that movie. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of things where I was like, oh, Kate didn't mention. Oh, she got there. She got. There. Yeah. But it's like there's there's a lot to it. There's a big there's a big world. Well, yeah. There's a lot of story to that. When world. really what happens, and this is what Pixar is great at. What happens is. A mother and daughter learn to listen to each other. Yeah. And like the end. Like, like the, <laughs> the really easy summary. Mm-hmm. Uh, mom and daughter get into a fight. Mom turns into a bear. Mom and daughter make up. Mom turns into a human. Like, yeah. Kind of. It's not. Yeah. Like the fundamental story is not crazy difficult. No. But there is so much world in the story uh-huh. that it just like. Like, those are, like, details you don't want to leave out. But right. But, like, the important part is, like, that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And dope. I think, to me, that is, like, where this movie wins over. And I understand that that's, like, so I, I've mentioned this on this podcast before. I have trouble with, like, your traditional giant world, like, sci-fi and or fantasy stories. Sure. Like, I get lost real easily. I get the message that it's really important for me to know all of these names and Mm. all of the special things that elves and orcs and hobbits are known for. And, like, really at the core of it is, like, this friendship and there's a thing that twists one's wants and they need to get rid of it. Like, 
And but yeah, for some reason you get in, fixated on the detail. Yeah, in Brave, like I know what's important. I know what's like just mm. world. And maybe it's because it's you know an hour and a half. I know that I'm not nine hours committed, right? Like you do, you do. I I have noticed watching things with you mm-hmm. when you're like, oh, this is like a series of things. I need to pay it super hard attention to this first one and remember everything, or else like I'll be lost going forward. And like sometimes that's the case, like watching Lost or something, right? Uh-huh. Like yeah, but like um. Uh, uh, when we watch like Over the Garden Wall, you're like, ah, I understand this, and I'm figuring out the mystery. And I'm like, no, don't, don't figure out the mystery. Just, <laughs> just enjoy this it. World. Um, but yeah, Brave does a good job of just being like, here are the important things because we say them twice. You know, yeah. it's important because we say it twice. Mm-hmm. Like every like, time this they is the second appearance of this, like that. Mm-hmm. So like the big scary bear is like one of the least important like intrinsically important parts of the movie yeah it's like just why there are bear curses kind of but like otherwise it's just kind of a parable for like he split from his family didn't respect those ties yeah. so he got turned into a bear but even something like that like it's alluded to like mom tells her a story about four brothers mm-hmm. in the beginning and then you meet that bear early on into their bear and daughter journey I was like, Remember and then that you meet him a third time you? yeah yeah a third time and then then he's vanquished and it's 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 a very successful storytelling uh and it's very like i love the world of brave i don't mm-hmm. remember if there's a brave sequel if so, there is i assume it's not great but i i would watch it just to be in that world more. there is not currently okay. um there had been rumors about it what I I don't think there should be one because no, I, I don't think there should be one. The the top billing director on this one goes mm. to Mark Andrews or Mark mm. Andrew. It's no. really and then the no. the second listed director mm-hmm. is Brenda Chapman. Well, Kate, who's Brenda Chapman? Who isn't Brenda Chapman? Right. Um, Brenda Chapman started this film. Like this film is her baby. Like she, she wanted by the to way, do it. Did you know the name Brenda Chapman like a month ago? I did, but I didn't know exactly how important she was. Okay. Well, thanks for ruining well, my point. Well, she. But but my point is yes. like like you know Brad Bird. You know. Uh, yeah. John Lasseter, you know, you know, like mm-hmm. all these guys, Brenda Chapman, I feel like is never mentioned under the radar. Yeah. Um, and she's like, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So she comes into the scene as basically being like story supervisor for all the good Renaissance movies, mm-hmm. like certainly the first four. Yeah. Um, she's I think she's top supervisor on Lion King stuff and like Beauty and the Beast is where they kind of brought her in to like fix things mm-hmm. she um spends like a hot second at DreamWorks and mic drops Prince of Egypt yeah. in her directorial de- debut yeah she directs Prince of Egypt she directs Prince of Egypt she does like a little bit of story animation for a few others she gets special thanks on Shrek which is fine <laughs> like <laughs> and then she and then she goes to Pixar works as like she's on the top creative team mm-hmm. for like the string of Pixar's she directs Brave mm-hmm. she gets thrown off Brave because mm-hmm. of creative differences with John Lasseter 
And that's interesting because John Lasseter famously works well with women. Works well with everyone and is still at the O. Oh, oh, that John Lasseter. I feel like Brenda Chapman is very kind in the interviews that I have seen of like, Mm. hey, why did you have to leave this project? And like, I feel like I don't I don't know when the years are of like the three different interviews I've sampled, but I feel like she basically is like, well, there were creative differences and also, it like wasn't an environment where I felt as on as comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, that's mm. a really. It's basically like, way. well, Jen Lasseter didn't trust my ideas because I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, neat. <laughs> Do we know what she's doing now? So she started her own production company with her husband. Great. And their their movie called Come Away. That mm-hmm. like she's been kind of like talking about in interviews for like five years. It's in post production, according Ooh. to Wikipedia. I don't know what their distribution is, I, but like, do we know that it, if it's animated? I assume it's, it's animated. animated. Yeah, Great. it's animated. Um, so we'll be excited for that. Yeah, I, but everything I've ever seen that Brenda Chapman had a strong hand in is excellent. Yeah, she just she pulls together a story in a really really beautiful, satisfying way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tell, we were talking about how, like, the dialogue in this movie, um, like, I can tell when there was a female at the lead. Yeah. Like, there's a scene where the mom and the daughter are having an argument, but they're not in the same scene, right? Like, they, they're both having an argument to themselves of, yeah. like, oh, this is what the other one would say, so this is how I would respond, but... It's cutting back and forth between them, yeah. and they're they're dead on what the other one's gonna say, and it's just like I feel like that's something that I don't know for certain that Brenda Chapman contributed, but it feels and and really I, strong because but, it's something that I do. Yeah. Like I mean, we all have like arguments in our head, but like that kind of like intensity of it, and but also the intuitiveness of knowing what your mom is going to say, knowing what your daughter is going to say mm-hmm. is like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, and I I, I have a terrible memory often. Uh, so I forgot who even worked on this movie. And like about midway through, I think we had to pause because there was like a captain's announcement or something. Mm-hmm. We were on a plane. Um, and I looked at you and I go, so is there like a female writer on this? This is this is I feel like <laughs> really like true to form. Like I I mean I assume like I don't know yeah. the experience, but I'm like I feel like these female these characters women seem to were be written by characters. a woman. And you're like Brenda Chapman is on this. I'm like, got it. Okay. And there were I can't remember specifics, but there were other scenes where you're like, oh yeah, I could tell that sometimes there was and sometimes there wasn't a yeah, female in the room. Because I will say yeah one. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's there's some scenes where I'm like, oh, this is a joke by men. Um, nothing wrong with that, but I can tell, like, you can kind of tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, this movie, uh, Brave is, I I I really really like Brave. It's a little uneven, and it's a little heavy handed in some parts. Yes, and I feel like I don't know. But I feel like, oh, Brenda left, and they needed to. They tie they some didn't know ends. how to do this, yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, so there's some moments that I'm just like, okay. Yeah, like I I see what you're doing. It's efficient. It's like no, I get it. I get it. We can move on. 
Um, but but honestly, uh, uh, Brave was a real surprise to me. As a movie I hadn't seen, heard was good, and I was like laughing out loud in the first couple minutes. Mm-hmm. And I, I was uh, uh, paying attention to, I was like right, I was into the movie mm-hmm. the entire time. Yeah. So. And I, I, it's it's the relationship, right? We say it's like, it's a really simple through line. Yeah. And Brother Bear is a less simpler through line, but the relationship at the center of it is at its best just as like simple and forthright, I feel. The relationship between Kenai as a bear, mm-hmm. as like a grown-up bear, and Koda, the bear cub. Yeah, so, so Kenai finds this bear cub... Um, or rather the bear cub, Koda, Koda mm-hmm. finds Kenai in like a trap. Mm-hmm. And he's like, cool, I can rescue you from that trap, but we have to like, you have to take me to the salmon run. Uh-huh. Just sort of how it goes. And that is the beginning of their relationship. We're 20, 30 minutes into the movie. Yeah. We're pretty far into the movie, but this is where they're, it's, it's the Simba and Pumbaa moment, right? Like this is that same kind of point in the movie. Yeah, like where the, he gets he later in the hands. movie, yeah. he meets a new friend, and mm-hmm. that friend journeys with us. Um, and that relationship is is great yes. most of the way through. Like, there's again, there's some moments where 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 it fluctuates in in success and failure as as um as a movie relationship, but. Uh, that is the relationship that I feel strongly about in this movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, Coda's fending for himself, right? He's lost his mom, but he doesn't know that she's been killed. He's just trying to find her. And, like, he's got yeah. this kind of boundless optimism. He has, like, a kid's perspective of the world, mm-hmm. which, like, is goofy and fun and also, like, when he's in that trap, when Kenai is in that trap, and he's like, no, I can do it myself. And Koda's like, all right, well, I could help you. And Kenai's like, no, I can figure this out. Yeah. And Koda just, like, talks his ear off as he's trying thing after thing. Yeah. And then, like, finally he gives up, and Koda just, like, goes over, unties the rope from the tree. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's Co- done. Like, no, this is the simplest way to do it. Koda is a scrappy, annoying kid uh, in, like, a wonderful way. Yeah. And... I mean, he's Simba. He he is so Simba. Even like they must have used animation models. Yeah, like his his animation is similar to Simba. His attitude is similar to Simba. Like mm-hmm. they said, give us. I feel like it was like, hey, can we get another Simba for this movie? And they did. And yeah. like I don't like like it's it it seems kind of like a redundancy or whatever. But he's great. So but the I don't character care. is distinct enough, right? Yeah. He doesn't have that cockiness of like i'm gonna be king someday yeah. he's just he's just a bear off the street <laughs> he's just a bear, yeah and he's he's lovely yeah. um he's uh he's like he's kind of got a swagger but not like a simba swagger uh-huh. he's got like a little bit of like a, i know everything you know i'm i i'm like a tough kid bear i'm surviving on my own i'm just gonna go find my mom no mm-hmm. big deal um but he's also like a complete coward uh, so that's like that's always fun. Mm-hmm. Like your brave, your your cocky yeah, yeah. character who gets brought down. Uh-huh. Um, and he's really sweet. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's a thing that that really 
bring that that really makes this movie succeed for me is that Coda could just be this kind of brash, annoying character, which at first I did not like Coda. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, oh, this is annoying. Cool. But then he reveals some sweetness and you've got that through the rest of the movie. And you like, you care about this little baby bear. Yeah. Also, the actor who plays him is adorable too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, like he's our age, so he's less adorable now. He might still be adorable. But you when don't he know. was... When he was a kid. Uh, very, very adorable. Uh, yeah, and I feel like the sweet... I, I feel like both of these movies, right, have the, the pair kind of journeying together. Mm-hmm. The younger of the pair is more traditionally empathetic mm-hmm. of the two. But the other one, the one who gets turned into a bear, <laughs> yeah. who like, you could be like really mad at and annoyed at, but there's enough empathy and there's enough, like enough care given to these characters that you do, you are invested in seeing them get their goal. Um. Right. Like you, you don't just want like, well, Coda, Kenai is a jerk. Just leave them. Like you want them to stay together. You yeah. want both of them to achieve their goals. And both of these movies do it well. And maybe it's, maybe it's my age, but in brave, when like the first when the big fight happens, mm-hmm. um, because it's it's Merida doesn't want to get married, mm-hmm. uh, and Mom's like, no, you you need to do this for the kingdom. This mm-hmm. is how it goes. I'm on Mom's side. It's yeah, I, she's not painted as a villain. Yeah, she's she like I see both of their points. I see where Merida's coming from. I see where Mom's coming from, and I'm like, yeah, Mom's probably right on this one, Merida. And that's interesting to mm-hmm. me because I feel like in, in 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 most of the time when there's like a parent-child fight in a movie, you know that you're supposed to be on the child's side, mm-hmm. right? But it's like, like I was absolutely on Mom's. I'm like, no, it's probably something to do with uniting the clans. You probably. We probably need to talk more about this. You probably need an explanation of what's going on, um, but this is this is kind of the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, with with Brother Bear, not so much because our hero is kind of a, a a jerk. Well, he's yeah, he's impulsive and doesn't like rejecting. I I think what he's supposed to learn more so than like love is your guiding force is like not rejecting, like, working with your circumstances as mm-hmm. opposed to rejecting them, mm. right? Like, yeah. well, I'm a bear. I don't want to be a bear. I yeah. want to be a, I don't, I don't know what he wanted to be, yeah. a mammoth. I don't know. He didn't want to be the bear of love. He, he didn't want to be, be the, the bear, bear of love. Of strength. Like, this is stupid. And so he overcompensates by going after that bear in the first place that his older brother has to, like, yeah. pick up the pieces and ends up dying in the process. Like, he's more or less responsible for the chain of events. Yeah. So it's... In, and I feel like, you know, having to navigate this journey as a bear where he, like, doesn't know how to be a bear. Um, it's is tough a, to be a is, bear. It's tough to be. Um, maybe that's what the show a should bug, be inside, inside the Tree of Life. Uh, yeah, he learns to kind of sit in his circumstances. Mm. I feel like the scene where they they get to Salmon Run and they, like, make friends with all the other bears... He and they, like he learns how to catch a fish or eat yep. a fish or, um, and that's yeah like 
bears, you shouldn't kill bears. Fish, it's okay. Like that's that's it's an another uneven moment logic. Where it's like fish, fish don't have minds or souls. Bears talk to each other and go on vacation. But maybe again, it's like a it's a necessity versus something that's need versus superfluous. need versus greed. Yeah, yeah. Right? There you go. But um, it's, it's a weird. Like it's it's just one of those things. It's mm-hmm. a um Yeah. Yeah. But yeah It's the, a Zootopia. That's what I was gonna say. It's a Zootopia. It's a weird situation. Yeah. Where it's like, what are you trying to say? What are you really trying to say here? Yeah. And they and they learn from each other in yeah. both movies, which I also appreciate. Like Braves is a little bit more clearer. It's mm-hmm. listen, right? It's a and it comes up in her trying to tell her dad that, like, no, this bear running through your castle, it's your wife. Yeah. Just listen to me instead of responding, responding, responding. And with, with Brave, that's the message for both Merida and her mom, yes. who are, like, our two leads. Yeah. Both of them are learning the same lesson. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas with Coda and Kanai, I don't know that Coda, well, Coda, like... I guess, like, grows up a little bit because yeah, he realizes his mom is dead. It's kind of a coming-of-age story for Koda. A little bit, yeah. And for Kanai, he's learning... To be something. a bear and be respectful yeah. of the way things are. Both of these movies also feature characters rejecting... Rejecting? Mm-hmm. Rejecting, rejecting tradition. Mm. Um, Brave, she's rejecting mm-hmm. the tradition of, of marriage... Uh, and like princess is getting married to one of three princes, um, not two, like in the Spin Doctors song. Um, and Brother Bear, he's rejecting this like spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. How, how much do you think that's really reflected, or are those traditions just sort of this is like the MacGuffin, this is the catalyst, and we don't worry about that? So too it's much. interesting because after watching, so Brother Bear the. He he is purportedly Inuit, but like Inuit from twenty thousand years ago. Yeah, like our, so they kind of are like, well, there narrator, was just magic back then. It's like, yeah, kind of a a fantastical version of um like the Inuit tribe. Right. And I looked up after this movie. I'm like, oh, here we go again, Disney. Like, I looked up like, what is the response from indigenous people to this movie and there's nothing right so it could have been just like no one saw the movie which is true Mm -hmm. um (laughs) but i think putting it in the fantastical realm is kind of a like okay i guess we could like yeah it's it's and it's weird because i believe our narrator is credited as inuit narrator yes and the actor is which Puts it like which I assume means all our characters are Inuit, which mm-hmm. means like we are putting a stamp on this. Unlike, like, Agrabah is like ah somewhere. Yeah, you you know where right. you know the general area over there. Yeah, but um, by saying like these are Inuit, that's like a, a that's specific people putting it in a specific place. Yeah, right. Like they're not giving it a time. It's not like Pocahontas where it's like. It is this historical 1607. event. 1607. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's somewhere between those two. So I find it, I find it interesting that they're like, because they could have just said like, some caveman. And we would have been like, yeah, fine. Just like the ancient tribe of made up right? Yeah. Which is essentially what they did. But yeah, it's interesting 
that like they have an Inuit narrator who is Inuit mm-hmm. and they have like some I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. And Brave takes place in Scotland and these are all fictional clans. Mm-hmm. Um Disney Disney did something yeah. interesting with this clan. Can you they well, elaborate? So the so at the end of the movie when the mom turns back into a human and they decide, you know what? We'll just like kind of all combine clans mm-hmm. and we don't have to worry about the marriage thing. Everyone can marry who they want. Dis um Disney created a tartan, which uh it, for the four clan like conglomeration. Mm-hmm. Can you explain tartan? Yeah, a tartan is just uh, uh like a cloth pattern. Um you'll see it on kilts or like um sashes hats um but if you see a kilt and it's got like green and red stripes on black that is represent i i don't know my clans uh, i'm not scottish it's not part of my history but i wore a kilt for a while in the renaissance festival that i worked so um but yeah each each of these tartans has a specific design that represents a, a different clan or family uh it's almost like a flag Right. It's like, yeah. hey, this is or like a coat of arms. It's mm-hmm. like this represents this family. So Disney created one and mm-hmm. it has like they have very specific um, meaning and like the colors they chose mm-hmm. and the way they arranged the patterns. Um, and they registered it with like the national Scottish. I'd have to look up the official name, yeah. but like the National Scottish Registry of Tartans and like had a ceremony in Edinburgh and <laughs> Like, pissed off a parliament member who's like, we shouldn't be giving out official tartans for this kind of thing. Corporations. Yeah. That's weird. Um, So, you know, even if Brother Bear didn't get people upset, at least Pixar carried on the tradition of upsetting (laughs) uh, people in other cultures. I want to say, like, I I stand with that. I'm like, no, we shouldn't let Disney make tartans for for for, uh, Brave. But... In what, 1942? Uh, yeah, this is not the first tartan they've registered That's with correct. Scotland. 1942, they created a tartan for Clan McDuck. Okay, cool. Scrooge has an official tartan? Uh-huh, yeah. I'm in. Uh- I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, so, don't ask me to explain the difference. I don't think there is one, but Scrooge is better. So so both of these movies are taking place in in um, environments that the directors don't have firsthand, like, ancestral right. knowledge in. However, they're well-researched, as Dis- Disney and Pixar are mm-hmm. uh, known to do. And the fact that they placed them so long ago and include, like, a legitimate magical element in yeah. both is is a template. Maybe there's some more things they could do, but it's a template for, like... How do we put things in other countries without making everyone upset? And and I don't mean that in like a culture is too PC. We're making everyone upset. Like, how do we authentically? <laughs> how do we tell this story? Tell without, this story without without appropriating over history. And yeah, um, I'll say I'll say like yes, and it's doing the magic thing too much is kind of like. Um, I always felt like Pocahontas was kind of guilty of just being like, "Oh no, the the 
the Native Americans were were like uh, magicians, and like they believed in all this goofy magic, and like they thought they talked to trees, and like there's a little bit of like weirdness in that for me, and I think the same like goes with like any like oh it's an ancient tribe they have a magic, mm-hmm. and it's like well no I get I get where we're going here, um, but I do I I do think it works in these cases mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so speaking of magic, <gasps> there are transformations in both these movies. What? Uh, two characters get transformed into bears. That's did, incorrect. Did you know that going in? That's incorrect. Oh, f- five characters Five characters get, get transformed turned. into bears. Technically six, but five characters that we meet as humans get turned into oh, bears. Oh, that's true. That's no. true. Six. Um, two main characters mm-hmm. <laughs> get transformed into bears. So I want to talk a little bit about how each movie does this because there are some similarities. There, there is a Venn diagram as as oft there is in these conversations we have on this podcast. Uh, so in in Brave, uh, when Mom turns into a bear, she is a bear. Mm-hmm. She's not a talking bear. She's not. Mufasa, right? No, like she's she, a bear. She bear. just growls she, and makes yeah. bear sounds. She she is a human in a bear's body. Yes, she makes for sure. She can't talk. She can kind of motion. She can't like use her hands because she she's keeps got claws. trying to walk on two feet and like can't. Yeah. like is really bad at it because she's a bear. Yeah, and sometimes she even just reverts. She just goes like full bear. Well, so that's a feature that this movie has Mm -hmm. so let's let's put a pin in that so boop so in this movie when characters turn into bears the the bears you have to rely on Mm nonverbal. they're just bears no in brother bear he turns into a bear yeah and he like to the human characters he's Growly McGrowlerson. Yeah. For the human characters, it's the same. Yes. It's the same as Brave for the human characters. They still see a bear that is growling and doing bear things. Yes. But for the audience perspective, Mm -hmm. it it shifts. So when you are looking at the story from the point of view of the animals, the animals can all talk to each other. Like, that's actually how Kanai starts as a bear is like... Chipmunk talks at him and he's like, what What did you just, like, you just yeah. talked? It's like, what are you talking to me for? You're a chipmunk. Yeah. What? And I think it's a neat device because mm-hmm. you then get to see, like, you know, Kenai, when he meets his human brother, is like, hi, hi, it's me. Don't, and all you're hearing is rah, rah, or no, all the human And you see him hearing. advancing. It's yeah. like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's a neat device. I, I'm glad that they showed the other side of it. It's not just like, well, animals can talk and, um, that there's like two points of view and it, it fits with its, I think one theme that they don't do a great job of like hitting home, like completely like knocking out of the park is this idea of like, well, okay. Yeah, that's true. I don't know why. Uh, you, would you say they strike out? Uh, is this idea of and it's an interesting thread and then they lose it this idea when um Kenai is in the salmon run with the other bears yeah. um he's uh basically realizes like oh well I he's telling Coda a story a separate story and saying when I was a human like I you know I I went after this 
this my brother was killed by a oh uh by a monster because he doesn't want to say he doesn't want to say he was killed by a bear bear and so can i realize is that he's been seeing bears as only violent only out to kill him instead of like this could be a mother bear Mm -hmm. or or a brother bear and he gets this perspective listening to all these stories of the bears in the salmon run that like oh these are just bears looking to have good lives with their families and i feel like there's an element of like perhaps like something a commentary on race relations or just you know they're different than us which means they can't be trusted yeah uh kind of thing which is which is neat they don't follow through with it necessarily. Yeah. But I do think that this like point of view shift, the growling versus the talking, reinforces that. That mm-hmm. on one side it looks like this, but really it's this. Yeah. Um, but because Pixar is just generally better at storytelling than anyone else, they're able to do it with just growls. Well, like and that's, the, the nonverbal is so good. And that's two, that's two different styles of storytelling. And, you know, it, you can't can't super judge one over the other um just as a style mm-hmm. um i think uh brave's nonverbal storytelling is amazing mm-hmm. i think we get some great like emotion out of mom uh as a bear bear mom uh but i i will say like the talking in uh like like the conversations in uh, brother bear do really lead to some emotional moments that we don't yeah. get as much with brave because mom's communication skill is not like mom doesn't really get to tell her side of the story. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really get to talk. We don't really get to hear from her. We just kind of see, um, but brother bear really, we get, we get some really nice emotional moments like, like the one you just mentioned. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I get, it is a function. You're still hearing, you know, English, from Merida yeah. at that point, like you're still hearing human she's, voices, she's so it's not like a the whole time. It's not and, a Wally situation, and she's kind of giving the audience hints. She's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you, mom, do you mean this, or do you? Is this what you're doing, mm-hmm. right?" Like, there's a little bit of that, like, yeah, audience. In case you're not getting the visual cue, Merida's gonna like ask the question for you, but also which just, is which is great, which is great writing, which is super helpful. Just but. as the fact that like Kenai is being introduced to like the fact that these animals have a whole world and communication between them, mm-hmm. and that supports a message of Brother Bear. This idea that we don't speak the same language anymore, but mm. we still have to figure out what the other means yeah. to survive supports the brave message of mm-hmm. listening and you know in this case using all the senses and the verbal and the nonverbal cues yeah. as well but it's you know listening in a broader sense of it, really finding meaning instead of just hearing the words and reacting yes. to them yeah and it, it really uh, is interesting that the the dominant character who's the mom who's like normally in charge and Merida has to listen to her is now no longer able to talk mm-hmm. so she has to just listen to her daughter and mm-hmm. that's that's a that's a really interesting thing because at first Merida's like cool I get to tell you all my stuff and then like it's kind of like um it kind of flips on itself a little bit and it's like oh no I need mom's voice right now and like there are times where we need mom's voice and there it's not there and taking out that pin that we put in earlier Whoop. there is an extra layer in brave that 
I feel like this to me is the strongest indication of Brenda Chapman was there and then she <laughs> wasn't there. Um, that early on, like a little bit into mom being a bear, like figuring out the basics of how they're going to navigate moving forward. Yeah. Mom is sort of like fishing for salmon mm-hmm. And then, like, leaves the river and just starts walking away. Yeah. And Meredith's like, where, where are you going, Mom? At, you know, up until this point, Mom has been able to understand her English, yeah. more or less, we think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's just not responding. She turns around and she, like, the eyes are different. The mm-hmm. eyes are, like, black instead of a little bit and of so a little iris. Bit or, yeah, pupil. Uh, no, eye white. Eye white. Eye white. Yeah. Um, and... She's just gone bear. Like, she's yeah. not mother bear. She's just bear she's, bear. She's a feral bear. She's a feral bear. Yeah. And then she, like, snaps out of it. Like, yeah. And that happens, like, once or twice in the movie. Yeah. And it's, it's very frightening it's, and very yeah. effective. Yeah. And then it doesn't really go anywhere. Not super much. Because, like, it, she might be feral bear when she fights that Mor- Morador bear at yeah. the end. Marduk. Mar- or Mordu. Yeah. Mordu. Uh, okay. Mordu. Mordu. Okay. She might be feral bear, but she also just might be mama bear in a, in a literal yeah. <laughs> use of the word of the phrase so mama bear. Yeah. So there's some things that don't. So I like. feel like Brenda Chapman knew where that was going, yeah. and then she left, and then they're like, "Well, let's forget this ever happened." Yeah. <laughs> but we've already made the footage. Kate, I want to bring up a comparison that uh, does not involve. Uh, brave hmm. and just involves brother bear and another movie that we've watched for this podcast okay uh, that movie is called the good dinosaur oh no we've we watched the good dinosaur yeah and, and if you want go listen to the episode it's a fun episode we dino watched, four we watched four, one two three four four different dinosaur movies um but one of them is the good dinosaur which is basically pixar's worst movie it's one of the worst movies i've ever seen um we'll work on that but <laughs> Uh, do you, can you still say that after the reef? See, uh, one of the worst movies that had the resources to be better. <laughs> the, Fair. One of the worst well-funded movies. It like had to try to be that yeah. bad. So Good good Dinosaur, um, it's not great. No. But there are, there are some moments that are successful. Um, there, <laughs> yeah. So one of the moments that's successful in The Good Dinosaur, and we, we talk about this, is... You know, they're like the dinosaurs leave their mark on a wall. They Uh leave like their handprint on a wall when they've achieved something. Dinosaur paw. Our hero wants to put his his Mm -hmm. handprint or paw print or whatever on the wall. There's a a scene where the dinosaur and the the human like Mm -hmm. are communicating, and they draw like a circle around each other to show that they're kind of a family. Right. There's a scene where the dinosaur falls in the water and it's unclear whether he could swim or not. And all of this happens in Brother Bear. Stolen straight out of Brother Bear. Like these stories, the only really good storytelling elements in Good Dinosaur are from Brother Bear. Yeah. It like, we laughed out loud, especially the 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 popper and the circle. Like the swimming thing is kind of like our... Personal that's, joke that's, is that's our personal. Can dinosaurs joke. swim? But yeah, the the in Brother Bear, there's a similar thing with the human tribe putting their that hand there's a cave, putting a handprint on the wall, and um, and that's that's what our hero wants to achieve, right? 
and then there's there's a, a bit it's where, more of a throwaway moment yeah but yeah there's a i feel like it's a montage sequence mm-hmm. where you know coda and kenai are like figuring out how to oh, live together it's a great and moment though kenai draws kenai draws a line with a stick between them in the dirt and Dakota just prances over like to sleep. Uh-huh. And Dakota just prances over, snuggles in with him, okay. takes the stick, draws a circle around both of them. Yeah. <laughs> and and like did did the makers of Good Dinosaur see Brother Bear? Almost definitely yes. Yes, they did. <laughs> so were these moments taken from it? Maybe. Maybe not. Putting like handprints on a wall is not a unique thing to Brother Bear. Drawing yeah. a circle around people is not a unique thing to Brother Bear, but having those both as big moments yeah. in your movie, that's yeah. just, that's just uh, interesting. I'm, I'm very glad that you brought that up. Thank you. That's, I uh, am too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I know there's one more thing that you want to talk about. Uh-oh. And it's oh. uh, the use of music in these movies. <sighs> Brave. Has a lot of traditional, like, Scottish-sounding... Like, I haven't done, like, any research on the music in this movie, it's but... It's gorgeous Celtic I, music. They bring in a variety... Like, there's... I forget who. Someone does the score, but they bring mm-hmm. in a variety of artists to do different things. And, like, I will say, by the way, if you are a, a nerdy role-playing game person like me, um, Nobuo Uematsu, who did the music for the Final Fantasy series, at, like, Final Fantasy four. He heard Celtic music, and then everything he wrote was like based on that from then on. Like, it's really obvious in Chrono Cross. It's really obvious in Final Fantasy IV, especially since he then released a Celtic band version of the album. Aww. Like, so watching Brave, like one, the music was great, and two, it reminded me of Final Fantasy a lot, which was also fun. And it does the Pixar thing of characters don't sing, but there are like, is it like two songs where there's like a female singer and it's a little bit poppier of a song? Yeah. It kind of takes the place of like where a Randy Newman song would be. Yeah. It's but still, it's done better. Like, it feels it's still, more. It's in, the, it's in the vein. Like it's more modern. More woven into the tapestry, if you will. Ooh, the family tapestry oh. that has to be mended. Yeah, it is. It is woven in because it, it fits the, the style of the movie, which is like, it's thousands of years ago or a thousand years ago or whatever and also like everyone talks like people yeah so yeah. it it like it kind of makes sense in the movie it takes me out a little bit uh i think i think the first one was fine the second one i was kind of like eh. um it takes me out a little bit because it's obviously a pop song yeah playing yeah but because it's like because it's celtic or, or yeah celtic um, because it's got that influence. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, this this is fine. I yeah, don't, but I don't it's like this. way less egregious than the the um, the Randy Newman song in Cars. That is it. It's not. Is it James Taylor that sings it? <laughs> yeah, that's just narrating is. the scene. And the uh, cars are sad now, and they're going to get some. The gas. lights used to be on, but now they're off. Click like, yeah. um, Ugh. but. Don't worry if you're missing that kind of song, uh, Dick. Where could you? Where else could you find? Oh, uh, why you could find that in Brother Bear with music written by one Philip Collins. Oh no! It so, is awful. The the first song is is fine. sung by is sung by Tina Turner. Which Tina, that's Tina Turner. It's weird hearing Tina Turner. So Phil Collins wrote this music, 
And then they like told him, oh, by the way, you're not going to be singing some of it. He yeah. was pissed, apparently. he sings much of it. That's He says, he's like, I write my music for my voice. Yeah. Like, I think there's a little bit of like, well, why wouldn't I sing it? And also probably a little bit of, well, if I had known that Tina Turner was going to sing it, I maybe I would have written for, for her. Turner. She sounds fine. Yeah. She sounds good. But like, it's we looked at each other and we're like, this kind of sounds like a Phil Collins song. And then we looked it up. Oh, it is a like, Phil Collins but song. But it also kind of sounds like Tina Turner. Wait, <laughs> can you figure out what's going on here? So anyway, that song is fine. Yeah. But every other... And that, that song's during like the opening... Y- your world building. You're not like... It, it, no big deal. Yeah. Fine. But the and other, then they Shrek us. Yeah, the, they did. They, yeah. It's just, it's like real bad narration. And I don't, there's probably a chicken and the egg, right? Like... Maybe the scenes were fully made and Phil Collins wrote the lyrics, but I bet it's like Phil Collins wrote some lyrics. Then they're like, oh, you mentioned sparkling stream. We're so going to make the stream, the stream sparkle at this moment. Now, or now, the wind in our hair and the wind it's hits ob- it right that moment. It's obnoxious. Yeah. But I want to posit this question to you. In Pocahontas, in Colors of the Wind, she says... Colors of the wind, you see literal colors of the wind. Yeah. She says, how high does the sycamore grow? There's a sycamore there. What is different about the way Pocahontas does this with the way Brother Bear does this? Uh, That's a great question. Thank you. Um, I think, one, it's um, everyone involved is used to working in musical theater at this point, sure. right? Like even the animators. Yeah. They've done four movies that are musical theater, like straight up musical theater at this right. point. They know how it works. So I think there's a little bit of like just artistic skill involved. Mm-hmm. I think it makes a difference that the character is singing it as opposed to it literally yes. being narrated. Um, and I think just the the language of Colors of the Wind even though it's specific, it mm-hmm. feels a little bit more abstract than like... It's a little more metaphorical. Than the things that are being animated in the Phil Collins like, song. I'm having fun with all my bear friends. Yeah. We're going to get some salmon today. Yeah, it's like weirdly specific in a way that just... Like this, you you mentioned earlier that these scenes in this movie are either like really great or yeah. really bad. Yeah. And this is one where I was just waiting for the songs to be over. Yeah. It's just this is embarrassing for everyone involved. Yeah. Absolutely. I did like the trick in the one song. I don't think they did it as best they could. Ooh, tell me. There was one song where Coda, like being his like motor mouth, just starts like singing at. Yes. Um. At Kenai, and then it turns into the Phil Collins song, and then the way it ends is like Phil Collins kind of drops out, and it's Coda finishing this like not quite on key. It's it's like song. a little bit. Can you feel the love tonight? Yeah, it's a little bit. Um, you can fly from Peter Pan, where it's like there's dialogue or there's a character singing yeah. that goes. That was that was a really fun trick. Yeah, it, like you said, could have been executed better. And if sure. the song in the middle was good, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would have made a little more sense. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. We'll we'll talk more about Colin, Phil Collins in the Tarzan episode Absolutely that we do. Absolutely, we will. Because I do, I feel like this is not Phil Collins' strongest work. Le- but and also, legit, legit, I'm going to let the audience in on our lives a little bit. We had a, a hour, hour and a half long argument about whether Phil Collins was good or not last night. We did, and so I found my one. I didn't 
we've been, I've known you for four years. Neither of us knew that either of us cared at all about well, Phil Collins. I didn't know either of us cared this much about Phil Collins, yeah. to be honest. I didn't know you harbored so much just pure hate just in hate your Phil heart Collins. for Phil Collins. I just think he sucks. I also never envisioned myself defending Phil Collins. You were adamant that he's great. Especially because like for more than a decade, I placed the fall of the Disney Renaissance squarely on <laughs> Phil Collins' shoulders. Like I now realize that that's not what happened. But like I hated Phil Collins because I'm like, you ruined my movies. Why aren't these characters singing? Why are you singing? What? Why isn't Tarzan singing? Yeah. I hated him, but those songs I really, really enjoy in I Tarzan. Know you do. That's okay. And they're less specific. There's like a little bit of, but like it's not over the edge yeah. in terms of the here's what's going on on screen. And one of the characters. It's more here are the emotions that are going sing on. A song. Is that right? Yeah, but it turns into Phil Collins. Oh. It's Glenn Close as a mom gorilla, cool. and then it turns into Phil Collins. Where's Glenn Close? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. I haven't seen Tarzan. Who at the time, I'm like, oh, Glenn Close can sing? Well, of course she can. She's already yeah, she is a done the role star. of her life in Sunset Boulevard the yeah. first time. Who, who knew? She's a, a Broadway legend. She's fantastic. Also, she's on some movies and TV shows. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Glenn Close. Look her up. She's great. Look her- uh, <laughs> Recommendation of the day. Yeah. Recommendation, Glenn Close. Uh, There's there's one more thing I want to talk about. I don't know what you've got, but I want to talk a little bit about our sidekicks in this movie. Um, I I just there are there are a couple of minor characters in both of these movies that just mm, Mm -hmm. right to the heart of me. Love them Mm -hmm. Uh, in Brave. It's the three like. Oh my gosh! Terrifying, like it's Merida's Merida's three brothers. like triplet brothers who yeah. are maybe like three or four. And they are nightmares, and they're genius. They're, they're, yeah. they're so fun. They're just like mischievous times a billion. Yeah, you, right. You they just, don't really speak. They kind of like mutter. Yeah, um, they kind of like mutter. And they're always like trying to get snacks and establishing these elaborate play, like tying dad's legs to the tablecloth and the yeah. chair and the. Um, they're delightful, and then mm-hmm. they like it, it's this just delightful like B plot that never. It's like the best kind of Simpsons B plot where like all of a sudden Homer shows back up doing something ridiculous, and you're like, oh yeah, like, oh yeah, that's happening. But it's not a whole thing. So yeah. the three boys they eat the rest of this pie. Yeah, mom that, doesn't finish the transformation pie, yeah. so the boys finish it. And then they turn into little bear cubs. It's adorable. And they are the same characters. Yeah. Just now they look like bears instead of tiny children with uh, curly red hair. And like the nursemaid or, or whatever her title is yeah. uh, that takes care of them. They terrorize her already when they are bears. They terrorize her even more. And it's, they're really <laughs> delightful. They're great. And like Merida goes to them as like, okay, I need this plan and and basically, like, they need to be bribed a little bit, but basically, they're like, yeah, we're in for a plan. Yeah, we'll like, do that. Very serious. What's like, the, what's the thing? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, and and like brave. I feel like we talked about like the heart and stuff, but like, I I want to talk. I, I would just want to talk up the comedy in this movie. It's, there's yeah. There's a character who speaks like, like. <laughs> I don't know if he's speaking Celtic or it's if like, he's just... It's like Swedish chef, Scottish. Such like heavily accented English that no. 
No one can understand him, and, and it's, it's really fun. Yeah. The introduction of these three princesses, uh, these princesses, these three princes mm-hmm. is really funny. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, I can't remember what Dad says at the beginning, but he says or does something that, like, in the oh, first no. minute, <laughs> I just, like, laugh cried. Isn't it that, like, uh, Meredith has a bird in her hand and she lets it fly and it just attacks the dad's face. Like, yeah, there. <laughs> yes. There. Yeah. Just. It but just it's like, like in a montage. It's like it nonverbal just, it just for kind like of, three it seconds. It just kind of like flies up and then beeline. It's so, this movie. There's a lot like, of visual comedy that's really strong. There's so much heart in this, but it's yeah. really funny. It's it, really and it, funny. it feels, I jokingly mentioned the Swedish chef, but I feel like the visual comedy is Muppet. Yeah, a little bit, I mean, and those... just like it's dry, it's happening. Yeah. It's not going to explain to you the punchline. Like, just like, it's nice. hey, this joke is happening. Yeah, get it or don't, and we're going to move on. Yeah. Um, and and uh, uh, similarly with um, uh, I almost called it open season. It's not it's called not open, open season. season it's brother it has bear. Similar animal uh, types. Yeah, there are two moose, and they are. They are, uh, 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 we have Bob and Dave. It's um, uh, Dave Thomas and Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis uh, playing the same like uh, Canadian beer brothers. Uh, I can't remember their names. It doesn't matter. But as on what? Is it SCTV? Uh, I think SCTV. Yeah. Um, and they had a movie. Um, so, yeah, that was neat because I'm not familiar with these characters mm-hmm. at all. Like, I have seen a picture. Yeah. Of them in these roles, I'm, like I know, semi familiar. Like they wear flannel and yeah. they've got those like flappy hats, right? And they're very Canadian. Like they're well, they're a they're like oh you know eh? we're gonna do this thing eh? like they're that kind of Canadian yeah. Stereotype. Described to me on paper, I'm like I don't need to see that. I'm not interested in it. These moose are so great. Yeah, they're they are the. I, I, there's not a ton of comedy in this movie. Uh, those the mooses handle most of it and they're awesome because it's just it's two comic actors that work well together who have worked well together in the past and it's just like cool just bring them in who are doing their characters Mm -hmm. that work well together and like you said it just felt like most scenes were like oh they just let them improv and they just animated that it's a robin williams situation and you can see the credits have some like quote-unquote outtakes that are clearly just more of Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas just improvising and riffing. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, it, again, it's that like dryness that you, like, it always works well in animated movies. I don't know why more people don't do it, but you don't, for whatever reason, expect it to be in an animated movie. Yeah. Um, so one thing we will say, if you have an internet uh, connection to this, yeah. we, uh, we want to we know about it. There is apparently, uh, on the DVD of Brother Bear, which we're not going to buy, a commentary that's Bye. just these guys. Like, the Moose characters commentary. Like, yeah. Spinal Tap style, in character, of the whole movie. And we don't want to buy this DVD, but we want to see it. So if you have access to something like that... Just let us know. Yeah. If if there's, like, a, a way that you could send it in, like like, a rush or, like, a... Like almost like a, a, a river, like a like a torrent of water, like towards us. Um, maybe we could figure that out. Uh, I just wanted to get the correct thing out so people don't yell at me. Okay. It's Bob and Doug. Bob and Bob Doug. Bob and Doug McKenzie. 
Um, this is, uh, so uh, Rick Moranis, I love. Um, his last credits as an actor, because he's retired, mm-hmm. are Brother Bear, Singalongs, Brother Bear, Brother Bear Video Game, The Animated Adventures of Bob and Doug McKenzie, Brother Bear 2. And then like an episode of the Goldbergs, but he might, it might just be a clip of Spaceballs because he's credited as Dark Helmet. <laughs> um, like, this and that's is, the this thing is, is one like, of the last things he did and before he retired from acting. That's really neat. Yeah. And also, like, I feel like uh, the words together, Brother Bear 2, have come up in this household before. And we laugh, like, who would want to see a Brother Bear 2? But, like... I would. Now seeing this movie again, is it the best constructed movie? No. no. But do I love all these characters? Yes. If all these characters are coming back, yeah, I want to see I, it again. I love all the characters except for uh, Kenai's stupid brothers who are boring. I don't think it would be about them. Yeah. Uh, to be honest. But that's what I'm saying. I yeah. love the characters except for them. Yeah. Um, if I get more Coda and the two mooses. Yeah, Betty Coda's great. Oh, different Coda. Betty Coda. Different Coda. This is a better written character than Batty Coda by a that long shot. That doesn't say much. So, Kate, yeah. uh, anything else you want to add before we get into the final I'm cuts? I'm ready for the final cut. You're ready for I'm the ready. final cuts? Yeah. Oh, boy. It's going to be cutty. Uh-huh. Uh, cool. Kate, uh, welcome to the final cuts, a segment where we talk about stuff in a slightly more organized and specific fashion Slightly. than we do normally. Uh, we start this with scene shout outs where mm-hmm. we take a scene from each movie uh, and we just say like why it was an effective scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate, I'm going to have you start. Yeah. You get to pick the movie. What do you want to start with? Uh, Brother Bear. Okay. I'm going to start with uh, one of us is going to say it anyway. So apologies if you don't have anything in the... Nope. I was going to say it if you didn't. Okay. Uh, so... Is this scene the best version of what it could be? No. No. But there is a scene where it's the, it's the conversation um, that Kenai and Koda have where Kenai has realized, oh, I was the one that killed Koda's mom. I have to tell him. Like, he's the whole movie, Which, Koda's like, oh my God. am I your brother now? Am I your brother? And he's like, no, you're not my brother. What? No, you're not and my he's brother. Like, and he's, he's like, like, oh, oh he's no, kind of my brother. Kinda... Like, I need to tell him this. So, smart choice on the part of the directors. They don't show you the conversation bit by bit, yeah. which is wonderful. Yeah. What they do is they, it's like music over it. And so you see, you know, can I kind of deliver or can I deliver a part of it? Like, I have some bad news. I've, real, I've done something bad. And like, Coda is reacting to it in real time. So you see his like confused face and then like a no... And then in her cut, you see oh. him like do a do a bear circle, like a following your own tail, and like oh, I don't like this story. Yeah. Oh. And it's like, yeah, it's it's, heart, it's heartbreaking, tearing up because so like you were saying when we were watching the movie, like that's how a kid would say, yeah. like kids don't say I'm anxious, they say yeah. my tummy hurts, right? Yeah. They don't say like, oh my gosh, I wish you hadn't killed my mother. They say I don't like it's this like, story. Uh, uh, yeah. And it's it's so well animated and well paced. The problem is that instead of instrumental music over it, it's Phil Collins singing some more dumb lyrics. Some like really lyricy. Like like, 
I have to do this because I love you or yeah, like it's a real making bummer. tough choices. It, it, remind, it reminded me of, and I think this was my scene, shout out for Prince of Egypt or, or a scene that I mm, talked about mm-hmm. is when, when um, Moses Prince gets back <laughs> from talking to God. Yeah. He has a conversation with his wife about it. We just hear music. Mm-hmm. We don't hear the conversation. There's not like a, I gotta talk to my wife about God. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you just see reactions yeah. because there's no way you are gonna write that dialogue and yeah. not have it be hilarious. Right. Like, you can't. You can't write that dialogue. So just put music and show the reactions. Yeah. And I think Brother Bear, if it wasn't lyriced yeah. music, I think that would have been like. Yes. A way stronger scene. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was a very good scene of Brother yeah. Bear. Yes. Dick, uh, sorry to leave you hanging with Brother Bear. Although there were many good no, scenes in there. I actually wrote down a scene shout out that I thought of Whoa. while we were talking because I said, you know what? I think Kate's going to talk about <laughs> that other one. So um, this happens a little bit before that, but mm-hmm. not much before. They get to the salmon run. And, and so far, our hero has met some moose. Uh, who are like scared of him at first because he's a bear, but then they realize he's a friend bear. Uh, he meets some mammoths who just kind of don't care. Yeah, they don't talk. They don't seem to be. They don't seem to have souls either. Well, uh, they're kind of like uh, dinosaurs, so maybe there's a cutoff. Yeah, maybe there's a cutoff. Like once you start going extinct, you lose your verbal. Yeah, they don't skills. seem to talk, so that's yeah. interesting. Um, but we uh, uh, and he, he sees like his brother, a human. But he doesn't interact with another bear, aside from like this cub, until they get to the salmon run. Mm -hmm. And then when he's in the salmon run, there's a point where he's surrounded by giant bears, like larger than him, big, scary looking bears. And he is freaking out because he's scared of giant bears, not realizing, I mean, not realizing that it's, it's... fine because he's also a bear and the, those bears are going to be cool with it and bears can talk and, and all of that he goes back to his like old prejudice mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. bears are uh angry beasts who will kill me mm-hmm. and i i think it's i just think it's really neat watching him like have this total panic while coda is like hey let's go say hi to these bears they're gonna be friends uh yeah. i just think that was like uh, 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 an effectively done scene showing us that our character hasn't completely accepted his transformation. Yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Thanks. Nice. I was pretty proud of that. All right. Yep. All right, Brave. Brave. Let's brave. get Brave up in here. Let's get Brave. Yo. Um, oh, uh, I haven't thought about this one. Uh-oh. Ooh. Do you uh, want me to go first? Y- yeah. Okay, so uh, my, I, I think our scene shout-outs are usually uh, like emotional cores. Mm-hmm. Um, but my scene shout out for Brave is going to be one of world building, um, because I, I I love movies with world building. Like I will watch the first thirty to forty five minutes of Jurassic Park and Jurassic World and then turn them off. Uh, not because the rest of the movie is not great, but I'm there for like, let's explore this new world. Let's learn new things about this this land like that I want to live in. And Brave does that really well. Uh, and one of the points is where Merida is running away for the first time. And she ends up like surrounded by uh, what do you call it? Like cairn stones. Like these, these giant like mystical stones. Yeah, like Stonehenge-y. Uh, yeah, kind of Stonehenge-y. 
And then these like will-o'-wisps appear, these lights. Yeah. And she starts following them. And like we kind of learn what will-o'-wisps are or will-o'-the-wisp. I forget what she calls them. Um, But we kind of find out what they are and, and she like follows them and her destiny is at the other side. And in this case, it's a witch. And then we... We see those will wisps appear again at the at the end, and we know when we see them, we know what it means. And like by seeing this, like kind of, and it's just like a glowy light mm-hmm. that's just like hanging blue out. Blue Tinkerbell kind of. It, it almost like if you've ever played a video game that gives you a path to follow, it's always like a series of dots, mm-hmm. and it's almost like that. Yeah. And it's this series of dots that she's just following, so that when so like this this initial like hey here's what this is when they come back at the end we realize oh if she follows this now she's like just like last time she might not get what she expected Mm -hmm. but she's gonna get what she needs yeah um and i love i love that setup and payoff yeah um i'm gonna go a little bit more uh, you saying that reminded me of another thing that Ooh. I wanted to talk about. We mentioned it briefly, but not exactly. So when, so first of all, like the scene where she meets the witch in this like shop where this witch has carved like 400 things that resemble bears. That's like zany and nuts. Oh my and God. just like, like a that beautiful chaos Muppet of a scene. Yeah. Um, we're just like, you're constantly disoriented. You don't really know what's happening you know that, like, what Merida's getting at the end is almost definitely going to cause problems. Yeah. Like, it's just, the the it it's good at, like, trusting the audience, being like, here, here's some silliness. You know where this is going to. So yeah. let's, let's, so anyway, when they try to go back to the witch's uh, brewery or whatever, um, once she's, once mom has turned into a bear, they like have trouble finding it, and then when they do find it, they have to. Uh, so they they come upon this cauldron. It's now empty, no bear statues at all. It looks totally different. Come upon this cauldron, and basically it's like the witch's answering machine. <laughs> like, yes. welcome. I'm not here right now. If you, I don't remember what the options are, but like, yeah. if uh, your dragon is sick, uh, throw in this thing. Mm-hmm. If you're that red-haired girl who I gave a pie to, <laughs> throw in this thing. And so she does. And this witch comes up and she basically, she gives them the instructions to undo the curse. And she says, remember, if you mend the tear, then all will be well. And then she goes away and then she comes back and it's like red lighting. She's like, oh, just in case you missed it, let me tell you again. Uh If you mend the tear, and it's it's funny, right? Because it's like tongue in cheek and a little bit... A little bit breaking the fourth wall, and I, but and not. And I think Merida is like, like she says, like mend the tear, and Merida's yeah. like, what is? Wait, what did what she does that say? Mean? Yeah, what? Yeah. And then she pops back up. And it's yeah. great. Yeah. And like, I think it's it's a little breaking fourth wall because as the viewer, if if you are anywhere above like maybe elementary school age, you're understanding that like this is for Merida. It's also for the audience. Yes. Like. This is the important thing to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, as you said, like repeating something twice or like four times in various yeah. mentions um, 
is a way to make sure your audience is paying attention to mm-hmm. the things that are important. This is a goofy way of doing it, but it's still but it effective. Yeah. And you know, okay, mend the terror, mend the terror. Like, yeah. that's the phrase I need to be thinking about as they go on this journey if yep. I want to, you know, help solve the mystery. And it's just, I feel like that's probably not just Brenda Chapman. There are a lot of good storytellers at Pixar, but it just you know, putting together like the Will of the Wisps thing, which is more abstract and Mm -hmm. it's a lot more trusting as opposed to like, here, let us bang these literal words over your head again. It just, it shows what a tremendous toolbox they have. They know that sometimes we do it in this kind of like subtext way. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just uh, like funnier and frankly most effective to just say it again and, and it, make comedy out of it because that's yes. memorable too. And it's just, yeah. Hang it, just hang a lamppost on it. Yeah. Enjoy it. Good stuff. Uh, great. Great call. Uh, I totally forgot that scene until you mentioned it. I even looked Love at, it. like, in the airplane. Yeah. I looked at you and I'm like, ah, see what they did there? Yeah. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kate, uh, uh, we're, we're going to do some MVPs. Yeah. Uh, pick some... Pick someone, anyone, uh, from these two movies. It could be a character. It could be a creative. Uh, who, who would you say is your MVP of I these two movies? I meant to say this MVP a couple episodes ago and went in a roundabout way kind of to it. Brenda Chapman. Yeah, she's great. Brenda Chapman she's is great. so great at all the things. Yeah. I mentioned We've strong mentioned female characters. We've mentioned her name like 20 times now, which makes you as an audience know that she's important. Imagine our faces <laughs> glowing in red over a cauldron. Yeah. Just in case you missed it, Brenda Chapman. Yeah, the Hunchback and Prince of Egypt episode, I mm-hmm. meant to mention her a little bit more. because She was involved in Hunchback she was too, like right? She was involved in the story. I think she was kind of transitioning out of mm-hmm. Disney at that point, but she directed Prince of Egypt, yeah. um, and they both had... Very like stronger female characters than the studios were doing at that time, which made for better movies. Which made for better movies, but yeah, I'll just shout out Brenda Chapman because nice. she deserves more credit for all of the things. Yeah, nice, yeah. Dick. Um, I am going to give it to. Uh, it's gonna go to Rick Moranis. Ooh, and what a Thomas. snub for D. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, can I give it to both? Yeah, you can give it to both. All right. Rick Moranis They're and Dave team. Thomas. Um, Brother Bear, I, I think the emotion works 30 or 40% of the time. I was not interested in this movie until uh, those two appeared on the screen and made me laugh. Then I'm like, okay. Uh, but until then, I was kind of like, oh, this is pretty... Oh, they're doing like a weird... They do a weird thing, by the way, where it's presented in like... Uh, It's presented in like 16 by 9, but instead of filling the frame, at least on on the voodoo rental that we had, instead of filling the frame, it's like in the middle of your TV with black on all sides. And then when he turns into a bear, it goes full full width. Yeah, so it's more banner. Like 2.3 to 1. Yeah. But why... It's just, it's weird as an audience. It's, it, it, the change occurs when he turns into a bear. So it's supposed to be that, like, you get a wider perspective of things 
when you can yeah no we both have rolled our eyes in the last 30 seconds because it's it's like fine but it doesn't really lend anything to the storytelling no and i think that i think that can work in the theater and i think it really works if if like you show that that's happening and if the limited view is for a shorter amount of time and the movie, yeah, the I, movie that does this sort of thing best yeah. is Wizard of Oz. I was just going to say, like, if you can't, if you don't have a reason as good enough as Wizard of Oz to yeah. do something like this, just don't. And if do- you're not going to, like, like, if you don't showcase it to your audience, then we just go, oh, what, is this rental broken? Why right. is it small? Well, you well, you stopped the voodoo I, video. I, you're I like, tried to we're going to try. I'm like, no, this is just an old movie. I tried Sometimes to fix they're it small. Multiple times. <laughs> And then I'm just like, well, screw it. We'll just watch it small. And then it turned out that was intentional. But it's like the first 30 minutes of an hour it's and a half way movie. Too much. It's and we have <laughs> we had no way of knowing that no, going in. It was it's, weird. It's a very strange choice. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, All right. But yeah, what was I saying? Oh yeah, the uh, moose. The moose. They're yeah. great. They're the first thing. Well, he meets like a chipmunk, but then he meets the mooses, uh, and like, I'm like, okay. I was bored by the human version, but this this bear adventure is gonna be good. Yeah, and like honestly, like this that those characters being hilarious revved me up for the rest of the movie. It I'm helps like, you, yeah, ready yeah to go. Let's it helps go. you make your way into that yeah. world. So uh, a crossover. Yes, so we're gonna crossover. Uh, like two characters or two elements two elements an element from each movie yes. into a new thing into a new thing yeah I feel like my crossovers have become pretty predictable on this You're show cross them into a museum if no okay if there's certain elements <laughs> if there are like adorable precocious children that's gonna be my crossover uh-huh. and this episode is no different Dick Ward <laughs> Because I'm crossing over the triplet bears from Merida's family with, uh, like, Coda is, like, a close second behind Brenda Chapman as an MVP. Yeah. I loved this little bear. Mm -hmm. Like, he's so funny. You really did. I really, yeah. Yeah. He, like, the voice acting is great. It's, like, charming, but, like, laid back and this kind of, like, uh, you know, in the 90s, it would be called Streetwise, like, and he's just entertaining. Like, he's yeah. stream of consciousness, but he's not so dopey. He's not a Ralph Wiggum. He's not a Mater. Right. But I kind of, maybe it's like just these stream of consciousness characters yeah. I can't get enough of. But yeah, like, so I want the the Merida triplets and Coda the bear. Uh, they can They can all kind of go back and forth between bears and humans you know mm-hmm. but i want like holiday specials like half hour specials for holidays kind of like the madagascar penguins they yeah. have like a christmas one they have a halloween one okay. like uh, that's what i want just little bursts of them getting into mischief i i don't want to watch that because oh. i feel like that's a lot I but i do want it. them to have a play date and I oh, really <laughs> want you to watch it Aww. because I think you Aww. would enjoy that in a very specific uh, way. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'll just say Aww. Aww. the entire time. Yeah. 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 And you would do, you would, you would like do your kind of dolphin laugh where you're laughing so hard that you just kind of lose control. Yeah. And it's great. I would. You would love that. It would be a great show for me. Absolutely. 
Uh, while I'm watching that, yeah. Dick, what are you going to cross over? Uh, here's what I'm going to cross over. I'm going to cross over Phil Collins with uh, the Big Bear Mardu uh, and just have the Big Bear Mardu eat Phil Collins so I don't have to listen Aww. to Phil Collins anymore. No. Um, uh, Son of man, look to the... That's a good song. That's a bop. Nope. Um, so uh, I guess my, my crossovers here are... Um, it's it's hard because I feel like uh, I don't want to go to the well either because I I love the comic relief characters in mm-hmm. movies and I want them to be friends. Um, but here's yeah here's what I do I take um, uh, it, it can either be the mooses mm-hmm. or it can just be the two actors uh, Rick Moranis and Dave sure. Thomas. Uh, but I want them to be a fourth prince or a fourth and fifth prince oh my gosh because they they are such a small part of this movie but the introduction of the princes uh in brave is ridiculously funny yeah because you've got like each of the like the fathers of the princes tells of their glory you've got like the first prince who's like kind of like a, a dope the second prince who no one can understand and the third prince who when he's introduced you think he's this giant dude, and then the giant dude steps out of the way, and it's like this tiny, super scrawny, tiny scrawny prince, and it's it's very funny, and I would love I would love to see more of the princes, uh, and maybe maybe they could hang out with the mooses. I don't know. Yeah, I, there's great. a lot of possibility. Yep. So, Dick, this brings us to our final, final cut, cut. cut. This- <laughs> Which is... You have gone from hating it to just embracing You just got to lean into it at some point. I appreciate you. Which is... Yes. If you were to take these movies yeah. one at a time, would you re-release them mm-hmm. as is in 2019, which is the year we're recording this? Yes. Sorry if this is dating us years later. Um, do you... I mean, I, I did say uh, the literal date when I announced the wrestling event earlier. This is so. true. Do you yes. re-release, do you put out a special edition where uh-huh. like something has been changed or altered? Mm-hmm. Or, and a special edition could also just could not also, be a movie. It, it could, could be also be just a different adaptation okay. of the story. Great. Or do you toss it into the Disney Pixar animated film vault, never to be heard from again? Okay. Um, Let's start with Brother Bear. What do you do? Special edition. All right. 100%. This movie is... Uh, uh, like this movie is good it is not on my list of movies that like I'm like super excited to watch again um, I'll, like there are clips as I've said uh, there are like elements of this movie that I want to watch again but not the whole thing um, what could help that is getting rid of the music and expanding the story mm. um, the, there is story that moves really fast in this and really unclear. Um, oh man, I should have just crossed over Brenda Chapman with Brother Bear. Yeah, that would have been a good crossover. I do that. Um, but I mean, that could be your special edition. But basically, that's my <laughs> special edition. I I have someone in there to remove, just remove the pop music. I I understand its purpose. I don't care for it. No. And like put put more into the story, because I think there are elements that really really work, and I think. Uh, especially the beginning 
you know, 20 minutes or whatever, the human parts Mm -hmm. don't. Uh, they just they either move too fast or they're unclear or the characters aren't aren't defined and taking some more time for them I think would really help so that's my special edition what about you Kate yeah quickest special edition is just literally taking off the vocal track of any song in it oh yeah like because then I feel like Coda could like sing that song and then it just turns into an instrumental that's fine like that's neat so that's the quickest fix but yeah, I agree with you that like it could have another comb over and I would I would choose one through line and go with it. And I think in this movie, yeah. the through line that makes most sense is this like perspective shift of like on the outside, this other group see through see, someone else has eyes. this set of qualities. But you now that I'm see both sides of the story, see, see, that's Phil, Phil Collins isn't all bad. That's the Phil Collins song I like. It's uh, a little problematic, but it I is like a little bit. The music video is definitely problematic, uh-huh. but also the music video is just showing what Phil Collins is talking about. Yeah. So maybe that's just his thing. Maybe that's just his style. It's just his thing. Um, yeah, I think you make it more about the perspective thing, and you you comb through every scene to make sure that that's in it. Yeah. If there's it. space for it to be in yeah. it, right? Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's what I do to brother bear. Cause All I, right. I, yeah, I like this movie. Yeah. I want it you, to be better. I, I like this movie and you like it more than I do. Yeah. Like you, you agree. We, we both liked this movie mm-hmm. despite its flaws. Kate, I'm going to put you right on the spot right now. Brave. What are you going to do? Special edition, throw it in the vault or re-release it as is. Uh, uh, the closest thing is re-release. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want a special edition uh-huh. i think it, it would be very successful re-released like yeah. it's also not that old so it makes a lot of sense but um like i think my kids have maybe half seen it um your students my students yes yeah. my 500 kids yeah. uh i also just like want even if it's like animatics or storyboard i want to know how brenda chapman would have finished it because she was like, she said, you know, the final movie is is good. I like it. I was headed a slightly different direction. That direction was shot down, so I was thrown off the project. So, like, I wonder what she wanted to do with that, like, like, flashes of feralness, right? Because, like, would it have been, like, a? I think this would have been too much, but, like, the closest real-world cognate is, like, Something like Alzheimer's or dementia where like your parent is there and then your parent is not there. Like they're physically there but not mentally. Right. So like what would would have the implications been? Like would that have been a key to the, you know, to the climax of the plot or something? So maybe it's even just an interview with Brenda Chapman of like, tell me, like forget about whatever non-disclosure you signed. commentary by Brenda Chapman. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What do you do with Brave Dick? I re-release it. Uh, I've got, I've got, you know, um, there's, there's like, there's some bits that could be improved. That's not a big enough deal to go back and fix them. Re-release it. This movie's great. Go watch it. Yeah. That's all I got. Great. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah. by the way, uh, this was our idea, Mother Bear, Brother Bear, uh-huh. but we've gotten some great suggestions. We have. Uh, from fans. Uh, from listeners. From listeners. Who could I, also be fans. I mean, they probably I like us. Fans. Too. Yeah. Why would you listen to us if you weren't? I guess you could hate listen. Yeah. 
so if you're a hate listener or if you're a fan or mostly if, you, if mostly if, if you like us kind of neutral on us that's fine too uh but send us your suggestions tell yeah. us what movies you want to hear uh paired together because there's there's been some stuff that we didn't even think about and movies we didn't even know about mm-hmm. that people have sent in and it's been really exciting and as we are approaching the like year anniversary yes. of this podcast congratulations dick congratulations kate as we move into our quote-unquote second season yeah if we're going by like 12 month years yeah. um we are we have some ideas kind of in the pipeline of yeah using some more listener suggestion for not only movies, but maybe some like topics to explore yeah. or how to explore them. So, so give um, us, give even us. if you don't have an idea right now, uh, start to follow us on yeah. social media so that you can be part of the conversation. Where with can these they things. do that, Kate? Well, they can follow us on Facebook. At Cellmates Podcast. Twitter. Cellmates Podcast. Email. Podcast at gmail.com. That's less of a follow and more of a conversation. Yeah, don't follow our email. That's That's confusing. weird. Uh, and we have a website. Yes, cellmatespodcast.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could also, I guess, give suggestions in reviews if you want to review us on mm-hmm. iTunes or any of the other listening yeah, it, apps. It you seems it seems silly, and I'm like super bad at leaving reviews for things. But oh, it, I'm really bad too. It really does help. Um, you know, it helps, it helps the algorithm. It helps us be seen in whatever mm-hmm. categories on whatever podcast player you're listening to. That's right. So help us out. Throw us a review. Yeah. Um, but I, Hey, it's seven o'clock. Hey, it's seven o'clock. Check out that timing. Boom. Right on time. Uh, let's wrap it up for Cellmates Podcast. I've been Dick Ward. I've been Kate Phillips. See you. Bye. <laughs> Uh, Kate, who's who? Uh, can I get your predictions? Uh, Young Bucks versus uh, 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 versus. Oh my God! Uh, Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers in the Escalada de la Muerte match. Who's winning? Uh, the oh, that's different than Luchasaurus. That's correct, Lucha Brothers. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe either everyone wins or everyone loses. That's not. That's not how it works. Against the ladder of death. Pick, pick who wins. Who's most like bears? The Lucha Brothers. Lucha They're Brothers big. are absolutely more like bears. Yeah. Great. Okay. Um, who's going to win in uh, Jericho versus... Um, Guy that replaced the other the horse. headliner? No, Jericho's no. against... Um, oh my God, I can't remember his name. It's gonna if you so use Jerica. this at all, it's gonna sound like I know about wrestling. I know. I don't. You kind of do. It's neat. I know enough. I know as much about wrestling as you know okay. about the Backstreet Boys. Last question: Who's gonna win, Dark Order or uh, Best Friends? Best Friends. There you go. All right. Bye.